remember when saying that the vaccine doesn't stop COVID was considered misinformation. Now, we have been discussing this conversation for over a year. The vaccine doesn't stop COVID. And the people who said, well, if we get everybody vaccinated, we'll stop COVID, were lying through their teeth. It was an obvious lie, a clear lie, if you'd been paying attention at all and in any way. But they kept saying it. They kept on saying it. As a matter of fact, I am so old that I can remember when Jedediah Bila was excoriated. She was uh, guesting on, on The View. And she said the words that the vaccine doesn't stop COVID. And it was, uh, what's, what's her name? Joy Behar and, and Sonny Hostin. They couldn't believe what was being said. They were shocked, shocked, I say. Jedediah Bila was 100% correct. 100% accurate. Clear and obvious she was. And she said this right here. Shown and it is substantiated by letters from these doctors. So for me personally, this vaccine poses a greater risk than a benefit. I'm also not a risk to any of you. I know there's been a lot of debate about that, but I have these doctors who've gone on record with that as well. So my point about all of this is that I am not anti-vax. What I really want is for people to make these decisions for themselves. I want every one of you to sit with your family members, to sit with your trusted doctors and to say, what is the best decision for me? However, I do oppose mandates. I oppose them on the fact that let's look at the science. This is a vaccine that was created to prevent severity of disease and to prevent hospitalizations. Now we can have a whole debate on that in itself, but the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh my COVID. goodness. Reality, on, no, we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, it's, You've been at Fox TV enjoy, too long. Enjoy. She was 100% correct and got excoriated and cut off. This is from the Associated Press. Why are so many vaccinated people getting COVID-19 lately? And third paragraph in the article, people might mistakenly think the COVID-19 vaccines will completely block infection, but the shots are mainly designed to prevent severe illness, says Louis Mansky, a virus researcher at the University of Minnesota. Six months ago, that gets you thrown off Twitter, baby. That honest conversation. And now all of a sudden, now, all of a sudden, it's totally fine and rational. Now we have Dr. Anthony Fauci. You've seen pictures. He's the short guy making over $400,000 a year by just nonsense jibber-jabbering to America for two years. Anthony Fauci saying that people should, quote, focus on the hospitalizations, unquote, due to COVID-19 and not, quote, the total number of cases. What? I shouldn't focus on cases? I shouldn't focus on positivity rates? What I should do is focus on who's in hospitals? Huh. That right there is a very interesting thing. I had not considered it. Oh, wait a second. Yes, I did. 
you clown? Where have you been for the last two years? Moving a political narrative, perhaps, and not in any way engaging in facts. Because the facts would have told you that paying attention to positivity rates is a nonsense. Just like masking children is total nonsense. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is great to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. You think that masks work for kids? Come on. Let me hear it. You think that the vaccine stops COVID? Come on. Let's talk. Let's, let's, let's get you out of this. Let's get your head back in the right place. And we should be clear, I am not the only person who understands that masks are nonsense. You want to hear a great conversation? Here you go. Thanks, too. There's so much confusion and so much unknown about what to do at this point. What do you tell people? What do you tell schools? What do you tell parents? Look, the first thing I'd say is that, and we've said this before, so I I appreciate there's diminished credibility, but this is not going to last very long. Um, We're going to be in the throes of this wave of infection for maybe a month. Here in the Northeast, I think you're going to see infections peak out within the next two weeks. So hopefully New York City does find a peak within the next two weeks. London, which is about two to three weeks behind New York City, has already peaked and is probably on the way down. So this is a very fast-moving wave of infection. On the back end of this, hopefully we're done with COVID for a while. We'll have enough immunity in the population between vaccination or infections. So we really need to get through this month. I think in terms of the school. So are you telling me that natural immunity is real? Because that's Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former director of the FDA on on CNBC. So now we're having honest, open conversations about natural immunity being okay and real and something that we can look forward to and helping people deal with any level of variant that comes down the line. Well, isn't that nice? I'm so old that I remember when people thought we should shut down schools to keep kids safe because they were going to spread COVID and then the teachers were going to get COVID. But we learned very quickly that the data showed that schools were safe places to be. The schools were not spreading COVID. This is a study that was shared by the National Institutes for Health. It is a comprehensive systematic review of school closures. It shows that the closures approximately double the infection risk for students locked out of schools. Let me read it to you. In the present study, we find overall that opening educational establishments may not predispose children and adolescents to a higher risk of SARS-CoV-2 infection compared to adults. On the contrary, children and adolescents were found to have more than twofold greater risk of infection in household and community settings than in schools. The school attendance may serve as a protective factor, which reduces children's chances of community contacts in a relatively isolated environment during school hours. I can remember clearly having this conversation on this show. You know what we talked about? Opening windows. Masks off, windows open. Don't give kids masks, get them coats. Because when you have airflow, you limit the ability of COVID to spread to another person. Masks don't limit anything. If you have a three millimeter gap in a mask, the efficacy of the mask is 3%. Masks don't do the job. 
And now I have got the incoming mayor of New York, Eric Adams, saying we're going to keep the schools open. The safest place for our children is in a school building. And we are going to keep our schools open and ensure that our children are safe in a safe environment. Schools play a role of safety and stability for our children. And that is why the chancellor and I and the entire team of educators across this city, we have been so focused on keeping our schools open. If you had said that just six months ago, you hate children and want to see them killed. What we can say now is that very many, uh, a great number of unions don't give a damn about kids. Chicago's teachers union scheduling a full vote, asking members if they support refusing to work in person start, uh, this week because of COVID. 80% of the members on the call said they didn't want to work in person under the current conditions. Omicron doesn't kill. The kids are safer in schools. And the unions don't give a good holy damn about the kids. And they don't care about the parents. They don't want you opening up your damn dirty mouths about your kids' education. Sit there and shut up and take it. That's what they think of you. But if you had had a conversation about kids being in school six months ago, they might have thrown you off Twitter. Now... We know that's exactly what you should do. Although we knew it then, but politically, they didn't want to talk about it then. We knew six months ago. Positivity rates and the amount of people getting, in terms of cases, doesn't matter who's dying. That's what matters. That's what matters. We knew a year plus ago that the vaccine didn't stop COVID. It only helped prevent uh, severity of illness in the user. That's why it doesn't matter if somebody's vaccinated or not. It's on them. Well, we're flooding hospitals. You flood hospitals for all sorts of things. It's not that I want to see the hospital workers hurt. I support those people. I'm not the one throwing them out of their jobs because they haven't been vaccinated. The things six months ago they throw you off Twitter for are the things now that we're reporting. And now they throw you off for new things on Twitter, like Dr. Robert Malone uh, discussing. And even Marjorie Taylor Greene, Representative Greene, discussing. Six months from now, that'll be considered fine as well. But here's the big one. The big one comes out of New York. In New York, the governor, Kathy Hochul, said, you know, we're not in a good place. This is the winter surge that we predicted. And all right, there is a winter surge. I'm not going to deny this. It's a respiratory illness. You know, it's not having a surge right now. RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. We saw a surge of that in the summer, at least on the East Coast and in the Midwest. In the West, well, we're seeing that go up. This is uh, young children have respiratory syncytial virus. It's the inability to clear out the lungs. So the kids will get sick, right? And they'll get mucus things like that, but they don't have the strength or they don't have the skill set to clear out their lungs. Basically, they can't hock a loogie. I, I guess that's the best way to put I guess that's the science. And, and so they can't do it. And so they get infections and they get breathing issues. Makes sense. 
and it happens more in winter because that's when you have more respiratory illnesses. But we didn't have kids gathering and spreading this thing until summer, and that's why you had an increase in summer uh, in, in, in the places like the East and, and the Midwest. Now you're seeing RSV, based on the latest data I saw, uh, increasing in the West. Well, that number could have peaked, just like we're seeing the peak of Omicron, which doesn't kill. But I said, I'm taking you to New York. In New York, hospitals will start asking whether a patient is in the hospital for COVID-19 or if they tested positive for COVID-19 while being treated for another ailment. We have discussed on this show, they're saying 800,000 people died of COVID. And you know what we said? Whoa, 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 whoa. Died of COVID or died with COVID? Because there is a very, very large difference between those two things. Now, I admit, I've only been speaking about it in that terminology recently. What did I say about it before? Wait till we learn about all the comorbidities and the number of comorbidities people had who died of COVID. And versus the amount of people who died solely of COVID, that number will be far less than 800,000. How long have we been discussing this, guys? And now... New York is going to change the way they report the data because people come in, they have a problem, they have an issue. Next thing you know, they get tested and then they're discovered to have COVID and all of a sudden it's listed up, COVID, look, hospitalized because of COVID. No, not hospitalized because of COVID. It's a lie. But if you want to make something seem scarier and you want to inflate some numbers, this is what you do. So I guess the question is, why are you changing it now? All of a sudden, you've seen the light? Or are the numbers so great now under Joe Biden that you have to change the numbers to make it look better for him? More people have died under Joe Biden's watch than Donald Trump's watch. And all we were told is that Donald Trump is the biggest mass murderer in history. That's what they told us. That's what they told America. That is the bill of goods and nonsense and garbage crap they sold to America. And now all of a sudden, we're going to change the way we report the numbers to help Joe? I think we should change the way to report the numbers because that's what's honest. I don't appreciate people who don't want to be honest all the time and only want to be honest for their own political purposes. Change things around. Move things around because it helps them politically. I will not lie to you. I will not lie to myself. I refuse to lie. Lying is what I did when I was depressed and suicidal. I don't do that stuff anymore. And my life has been amazing ever since. I didn't say there weren't issues. I didn't say it wasn't difficult. But amazing in comparison. Everything that you are now seeing is stuff we have been discussing together on this show for over a year. It's not because we're smarter. It's because we are more honest and more willing to accept that other people might say mean things about us, but the truth remains. You want to know why people don't trust the CDC? We just proved it to you. Why people don't trust the Democratic Party and politicos? We just proved it to you. Why people don't trust culture? We just proved it to you. Go out and live your life. Take your mask off your kid, unless you want your kid to wear a mask, in which case, feel free. Who am I to judge? But don't force it on anybody. Keep the schools open and fire the teachers and break the unions who think otherwise. We're in control, guys. 
We just got to remind ourselves of how right we've been the whole time. I'm Tony Katz. So Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they beat the Browns 26-14. So there's two stories in this. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The, the, the first is, so Ben Roethlisberger's done, right? Uh, I mean, if they get into the playoffs, he'll play in the playoffs. But when they're done, his career's done. He's finished. He's a Hall that, of Fame quarterback, though. Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? Oh, without question. First I, I'm, not saying, I'm not trying to be nasty about it. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's had an absolutely spectacular career in Pittsburgh. I just, I, I don't know if there's something else that makes you a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, he's a Hall first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. He's he's had an outstanding career. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it, man. Um, so, but but we've seen. We've seen the last regular season game, certainly in Pittsburgh, um, and we this is this is the end of the career. Like the tears were there. He walks out of, through the tunnel with with his family leaving the field. It's over, right? Oh yeah, I mean this is it. So great career. Sure. I mean on the field, great career. Now the the the, the follow up question is because they were playing. Uh, by the way, uh, his uh, his career. He's a 64.4% completion and 63,000 yards, 417 touchdowns, 210 interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 93.6. Yeah, dude, I, he's, he's good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Here's the question for the Browns. So is Baker Mayfield done there? Oh, my God. I don't know. His cap hit next year is $19 million. So, I, so no, no, he's coming for nineteen million dollars. He's coming back, right? That's a lot of money for a quarterback. Nineteen million dollars. That's a lot. Do you start over? The, I I feel like they have to at least. They're not going to draft the guy in this year's draft, so I feel like they have to let it run with him. And if they suck, they suck. You see, I I I don't think that the Cleveland fans think he sucks. I'm not sure. He's not. I don't get. I, I don't get that feel at all. He was the number one overall pick. Remember. So uh, I think that you know a, a bad year is a bad year. But it, it's like saying Russell Wilson sucks. He doesn't suck. That's no, crazy. Nobody said Russell Wilson sucks. Oh, there are plenty of people who are questioning whether Russell Wilson's day is done in in Seattle. Whether he's finished. Whether the, his best is behind him. That's different. He's at least six years older than Baker Mayfield, and was a third round pick. He's got this, he's got two Super Bowls and one win. Correct. Just saying. Just saying. I won my fantasy championship last night, thanks to the Steelers. Is that right? Najee Harris has a place in my heart. Anything you want to say to the people you beat? Uh... <laughs> that is uh, big sport Ari there. I didn't think this was news when it dropped yesterday. I thought this was common knowledge. Nancy Pelosi isn't running for re-election. This is her last term. So when Kevin McCarthy called her a lame duck speaker, I, I, 
this is the only thing I thought it could ever possibly mean. What, what else could it possibly, possibly mean? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number. You can be a part of the show right there. Yeah, she's, she, she's done. She's finished. I really thought it was common knowledge. I really thought it was something everybody uh, uh, understood. I also thought it was understood that um, the, the forces behind the 1619 project were, were, were bigots. Whether it's Nicole Hannah-Jones or anybody, Ibram Kendi, anybody who supports this, anybody who wants to teach this, th- this radicalism, I-, I thought it was common knowledge that it's absolute bigotry. And not only, I mean, it's, first, it's a lie. Second, it's, it's, it's bigotry. America was not founded on, on slavery. It's, it's just made up garbage. But certainly, I was not surprised when I heard Nicole Hannah-Jones who created the lie of the 1619 Project and is lauded as some kind of intellectual, I wasn't surprised when she said this. And I don't really understand this idea that parents should decide what's being taught. I'm not a professional educator. I don't have a degree in social studies or science. We send our children to school because we want them to be taught by people who have an expertise in the subject area. Well, you're a liar. Should they be taught what you push? But this is Nicole Hannah-Jones agreeing with uh, former gubernatorial candidate and loser Terry McAuliffe. Parents shouldn't have a say in their kids' education. What kind of barbarian thinks that parents shouldn't have a say? Well, the kind of barbarian who doesn't think that parents have any place in their child's life. We see this time and time and time again. I've seen this very recently in, in, in my beloved Indiana. As I've seen the Indiana Democratic Party trying to figure out how they're going to... Uh, there's a legislative session, right? It's the first three months of, of, of the year, basically. It's the legislative session. It's not a full-time le- legislature here. And, uh, and they're, they're trying to get their agenda through. And are the Republicans going to do what's right for the people of Indiana, or are they just going to engage in culture wars? And they have got a messaging machine right now that's screaming and yelling about culture wars. Culture war this and culture war that. Are they going to follow the path of former Governor Mitch Daniels, uh, who was, you know, he was thought of as a presidential candidate. He's now the president of Purdue University. Me, I'm a fellow of the Mitch Daniels Leadership Foundation. And because Mitch Daniels was a big believer in not getting involved in the social issues. He said they matter. They just, I, I got to take care of these things first. I've never, ever argued that position. What I argue is that it doesn't mean that you can avoid the social issues. And one of the big social issues right now is whether or not you support parents in being able to determine what's best for their children. And you support parents and their fight against bigotry in the schools. Do you support parents in this? Yes or no? It's a basic. Do you support parents against the Department of Justice referring to them as domestic terrorists for going to school board meetings? It's, it's a basic, man. That is a 101 right there. 
Are they going to follow Mitch Daniels? Are they going to follow the evil Mike Pence and be all about the culture wars? This is what's happening in, in Indiana. Of course, Mike Pence, former vice president, former governor of Indiana. Let me share a story with you out of Memphis. The University of Memphis. Now, I admit that we're talking about a university. We're not talking about a high school or a middle school, but, you know, it's only a matter of time. University of Memphis offers faculty $3,000 for infusing equity and social justice into the curriculum. Diversity, equity, inclusion, social justice. $1,500 when you redesign the curriculum. Another $1,500 after teaching the redesigned course. When you sit there and scream about culture war as if it's not real, and you see this from the University of Memphis, you see teachers admit, admit that they're teaching uh, critical race theory. There is a teacher... Uh, in here in in Indiana, uh, Tony Kinnett, and Tony Kinnett is a whistleblower. He was with the Indianapolis Public Schools. He was um, exposing the critical race theory that is absolutely being taught and, and entire concepts that are adopted by Indianapolis public schools. And he, he made videos and he was sharing information. He was on with Tucker Carlson. He's been on, on my, my morning show, he, all sorts of things. Well, he lost his job. Why don't we protect whistleblowers? We'll protect them if they're going after Donald Trump. We won't protect them here. We didn't protect a teacher who saw a problem. And this teacher worked in the science department, was seeing a problem and was sharing it and got fired for it. And the school districts went so far as to say that other teachers were were, were worried about him and frightened of him and concerned for their safety. Nonsense garbage. We have proof in my backyard, a Midwest city, Indianapolis, Indiana, critical race theory is being taught. We have colleges, University of Memphis, that are paying teachers to put this nonsense trash into it. And it is nonsense trash. A diversity, equity, inclusion is nonsense trash because inclusion never involves me. You don't include people who think like me. You don't include people who think any other way uh, except the way you think. So you don't believe in diversity and you don't believe in inclusion. Equity, well, equity is just straight up bigotry. Equity doesn't make things better. It doesn't rise people up. It brings people down. If you have school districts across the country that no longer engage in honors mathematics because it makes some other, te- some other kid feel bad, how valueless. You want to do something to help kids feel better about themselves? Get rid of varsity football. No more Friday night lights. Or or you can do it, but everybody plays. Every kid who wants to play plays three downs. That's that that that's how it works. That way everybody'll get to play. Now you'll get some equity. It's all bigotry. And we know this. And Nicole Hannah Jones is a liar. And we know this. We're fully aware of it. And 
Now we've got party officials. And I got to assume this isn't just Indiana. If, if I start looking around, will I find this is a pretty much a coordinated effort? Focus, focus on the culture wars. You know what they mean by culture war, right? They mean you the parent. You the parent who speaks up about their kid's education. You the parent who questions this bigotry. You the parent who wonders why your kids are forced into masks. You're the one they want to shut up. They hate you. Nicole Hannah-Jones, the University of Memphis, the Indiana Democratic Party, and I assume a whole bunch of other Democratic parties, they hate you. They don't want you to have a say in your kid's education. They want to indoctrinate your kid. They want to push nonsense hate on your kid. They want to teach your kid that they are either oppressed or an oppressor. They should hate themselves or hate others based on their existence. Because that's what it teaches. And you shouldn't be allowed to say anything. Son of a gun. My advice, be culture warriors. My advice is to fight, to double and redouble your efforts. And if you say to me, Tony, fight, well, that's, a, that's, that's the kind of violent talk we can't have. Violent talk we can't have. Are you sure? Are you sure we can't have that kind of violent talk? I, I mean, if, if you want to say that, okay. But maybe we need to go back and listen to the violent talk of the political left. Now, in order to to uh, explain this to you, in order to you know move this properly, well, I, I I'm going to need a little bit of I'm going to need a little bit of, of, of help here. Just going to need just need yeah. If, if we're talking about violence, you know, oh, I, Tony, you said that parents should keep fighting. You're advocating violence. No, 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 no. These are people advocating violence. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feck. I forgot that Samantha Bee was in that. I didn't know if she was going to curse or not. This is Democrat after Democrat after Democrat after Democrat after Democrat. From Speaker Pelosi to Chris Cuomo. Uh, uh-oh, uh, there's a, a, a little bit of uh, Eric Holder in there. I, I forgot there was some Eric Holder. Hello, we can- How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I mean, if we're going to talk about who's violent. This is a pretty important piece coming in uh, to this week of January 6th, where the political left wants to tell you that that's the most important thing that has happened to America. And, oh, well, it, w- it was an insurrection, I tell you. It wasn't an insurrection. 
saying we're going to fight like hell? People say that kind of stuff all the time. Except I'm saying that the parents of Indiana and America should fight like hell against these bigots on the high school level and on the college level who want to abuse your kids. Of course you should have a say in your kids' education. What we shouldn't have is a Department of Education. This experiment hasn't worked. This experiment has allowed too many bigots and low-class people, pseudo-intellectuals, to have too much uh, sway over our children. We've got to take our kids back. Got to take our kids back. But if you want a real conversation about violence, now this, this conversation is going to make producer Ari very uncomfortable. Mm. Makes me happy. There's a story out of Long Island. And the story out of Long Island is that a teacher named Laura Russo, who is not a doctor, not authorized to administer a vaccine, injected a 17-year-old boy with a COVID-19 vaccine at her home without the teen's parental consent. Authorities got notified because the teen left uh, this woman's home and told his mother about the jab. Uh, She's been charged with unauthorized practice of a profession and released on a desk appearance ticket. Why is that going to make me uncomfortable? I'm not done, Producer Ari. She's a science teacher with Herrick's Public Schools in New Hyde Park. And she's been taken out of the classroom as the criminal investigation proceeds. Taken out of the classroom? Why isn't this piece of trash in jail? A science teacher gave an injection to a 17-year-old. It was the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. By the way, where'd she get it? And the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is not approved for kids under 18. So a science teacher... Not knowing whether or not the vaccine would do harm to the child gave the kid uh, a, a vaccine anyway without parental consent and hasn't been thrown in jail, simply was taken out of the classroom and reassigned. No, 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 no. This is a woman who needs to go to jail. Now, what I think is interesting about this story is that it doesn't quite explain how parents should respond in these cases. I'm a parent. And maybe I'm more willing to be honest than other parents. I will say clearly, and I said this on my morning show, and I'll say it again, I certainly don't want to be uh, somebody who isn't, um, you know, consistent. You give my kid a shot without my permission, I'm coming for you. Whoa, Tony. Oh, whoa, no, you whoa. There ain't enough cops that can stop me. Well, I I just, be careful what you say. No, Ari, you be careful what you do to my kids. See how this works? No, I agree. I just The fundamental problem here is that the parent whose child is physically abused and abused in a way that could last the child's entire life that parent is expected to somehow follow some rules of so-called civility. The teacher only got reassigned. The teacher needs to be afraid to walk down the street. We don't live in an eye-for-eye society. You don't know what it's like to have your kid abused right in front of your eyes. And thankfully, I've never experienced it myself. But I know my answer. And my answer is, that teacher better figure out how to hide in the tall grass. Because I'm coming. Mm. And that 
is absolutely how parents should be responding. It is obscene. Honest parents, it is obscene that this is a teacher who's been reassigned. This teacher shouldn't be paid. This teacher should be fired. Innocent until proven guilty? Absolutely. You prove uh, this teacher's innocent, you can give him the job back. But if it was me saying something derogatory about a certain type of people in America, I'd be fired in four seconds. Fire this teacher. Fight back, parents. I'm Tony Katz. I'm still telling you that Joe Biden's conversation regarding ranchers and meat production and going after the meat producers, if you're not willing to look in the mirror, man, if you're not willing to look in the mirror at your own policies, own inflation rate, not leadership, and I think that's how America takes it. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm Tony Katz. Keep it right here.